Hey guys, how's it going? This is Josue Salcedo, youth pastor of Remnant Youth here at King Jesus Ministry. This is the Remnant Youth Podcast. I want to thank you for tuning in with us today. And if you're looking for something that speaks louder than your situation and you want to know what God is saying now, then this message is for you. Tonight, we're going to answer some questions that some of you um, asked through our Instagram. And we're also going to be asking some live questions. I see a couple of you that um, you guys are also um, married or in a relationship. And we'll probably give you an opportunity also to answer some of these questions. So number one. How do you deal with jealousy? All right. I'm going to answer this one. Yes, because he was so jealous. And I'm gonna lose my reputation right now. Yes. Where is, is for the good. second time, Ronald Maldonado? Is he here? All right, we he's back there. Always revolve around our stories. All right, so check this out. True story, guys. Y'all gonna laugh at me every time I've shared this story. People will laugh at me, and all this stuff. But I'm gonna share it because I'm gonna teach you how you deal with je jealousy. Um, the answer is you have to expose it, and you have to be transparent whether it's with your friend or to your friend, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, or your spouse. Let me show you how I did my transparency and how I exposed it. So one day, we were in De La Mall. Ronald, I don't know if I ever shared this with you, but um, we were at De La Mall. We were Ronald and a couple of other of our friends, our disciples, and I remember that my wife, I mean, this was like... Ronald was like 12. Seven years ago. <laughs> His little boy. This was like eight years ago. So we were just dating or we were friends or whatnot. And we were right in, in front of Cheesecake Factory. How many know what I'm talking about? In Dolphin Mall. So we're inside the mall, outside of Cheesecake Factory in the middle. There okay, used to guys, be a lounge. I took care of Ronald since he was like, what, five, six years old? So Ronald's like her brother, okay? Yeah. So it, makes, it makes the story even worse. So bad. So the point is that in us vibing and just kicking it and chilling, Ronald sits down on my wife like this. He was 12 or 13, guys. So, so in me, there was something in me that got jealous. So Ronald is not a third grader anymore. If you see Ronald, he has green eyes, he has muscles, right? Eight years ago, he wasn't so muscular, but I remember that he just did this. And of course, brother and sister, you know, my wife was hugging him or whatever, but there was something in me that got upset. There was something in me that got angry. There was something in me that got jealous, and I didn't like it. So as a result, later on that day in Dayland, while we were walking the mall, he my was wife a was jerk like, to me. My, my wife was, jerk. try to hug me. I was doing that to her. And she was like trying to have a conversation with me and I was like ignoring her. And she's like, she's probably thinking like, yo, is this guy bipolar? Like, what's wrong with this guy? And the whole rest of the night, I was just mean to her. Like I wasn't screaming at her or anything, but just my attitude, my tone with her changed. And you can tell that there was something wrong, but she had no idea what I was dealing with in here and in here. Later on that night, we were just driving around and I was still upset and I was just jelly belly until we parked outside of church and 
I began to tell her, okay, you know what? You wanted me to tell you what's really wrong with me? All right, I'll tell you. And I was like, I didn't like how Ronald sat on your lap. <laughs> Guys, listen, true story. The moment I said that was the moment that I realized how ridiculous I was. The moment that I confessed it, the moment that I was transparent was the moment that I, I heard how immature I was. And I, and, I, and I identified that spirit of jealousy. And when I said it, I, I don't know if you remember, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm an idiot. Like, I'm just stupid. Like, in my mind, I was like, really, Ronald? Like, come on. Like, you know, like, I realized how stupid I was. And how many of you have ever been jealous before? Isn't jealousy a stupid thing? So... How do you deal with jealousy? Hey, I just exposed myself, right? I just told you how you defeated. Be transparent with your friend or be transparent with your spouse. Oh, but I can't do that. Then maybe they're not really your friend. Or maybe you're not really theirs. Be transparent about your jealousy because two things will either happen. You'll either know the truth because you know what? Even despise of everything that I had mentioned to her you know what her response was she's like no I understand and I was like well I don't really need you to understand anymore because I understand how stupid and how immature and how dumb I was but she was like it's okay I still understand and I'm gonna respect that her attitude after my vulnerability to express and expose my weakness or my jealousy caused me to, to trust her more. So when you're transparent with someone with your jealousy or your insecurities, um, two things will either happen. You'll know the heart of the person or two, you'll understand how immature you are. Did that answer your question? Okay, if it didn't, dang. <laughs> so how do you deal with jealousy? Just, just confront it, be open, be vulnerable. Be transparent, take the risk, and just confess it. Because chances are, nine out of ten times, you're a dummy just like I was. <laughs> Can a girl make the first move, or should she wait for the guy to make the first move? What if you're a guy and you're scared to make the first move? Okay, I'm going to answer as a girl, and then I don't know, maybe you want to answer as a guy. Okay, as a girl, I would want the guy to make the first move. Because, like, you need to man up. Man like, up, fellas. No girl would be attractive to someone that doesn't want to make the first move. You want a guy that knows what he wants. Right, girls? Yeah. So do you want to answer as a guy? <coughs> would you have what liked if for me to make the first No, I wouldn't have. Um, what if you're a guy and you're scared to make the first move? Well, man up. Number one, man up. <clears throat> you heard it loud and clear. Uh, number two, I would say to pray. I know that it's a spiritual answer, but you know, David strengthened himself in the Lord. So in prayer, strengthen yourself, build up enough courage. So at least step up to her. 
or better yet, tell your mentor or tell your pastor or tell somebody. Um, and then look for a friend, a friend that can join in with you. And if she's super attractive or he's super attractive, can join you on your faith and, um, and just help you just make an impression, make a move or take the first step. Anybody want to answer that, Mike? You want to answer? No? <coughs> Mike says, man up, fellas. <laughs> All right, next question. Is there such a thing as the right person but the wrong time? Or is it always the wrong person's wrong time and the right person at the right time? That's a good question. Did you understand? So uh, that was like a tongue twister. <laughs> Is there such a thing as the right person but the wrong time? Or is it always the wrong person in the wrong time and the right person at the right time? Did that make sense? So I can answer the first part and then maybe, love, you can take time to answer the rest. So is there, a, is there such a thing as the right person but the wrong time? I love this question. I've been working and dealing with the youth for the last maybe almost 14 years. So I've seen this so many times. How many of you have either been there or you've seen that? So let me answer that question for you. I'll answer it in two ways. Is there such a thing as the right person but at the wrong time? Well, how many of you know that a, a blessing too early is not a blessing? Like, I can't give my four-year-old son a car. It's not a blessing anymore, right? And how many of you know that the scripture says, do not awaken love before his time? There was a season in my life, I was about 22, 23, where people used to always ask me all the time, yo, Josue, how come you single, man? Yo, when you going to get married? <coughs> Excuse me. And my response was like, bro, if I got into a relationship, I would ruin that girl's life. Just because I knew how much I was going through at that moment. And I think that a lot of us guys when we know that we're battling with immaturity, like when we know our parents are paying for our bills, we still have the audacity to want to get into a relationship. You know, I just say that, you know, going back to that scripture, do not awaken love before it's time. How many of you have ever seen like a banana that's yellow, but then has a little bit of green on it, but you're like so hungry that you're just like, man, I don't care. And you don't even care that you tried this some time ago, and you knew how the banana would taste, but you were just so hungry that you peeled it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And it looked good, and it looked pleasing, but when you ate it, it was like if it was all green. You don't want something immaturely, and you don't want something premature. So don't try to awaken love before it's time. Not sex, not emotionally. You want to be able to... You know, you want to be able to wait until God is telling you, hey, it's time. Enjoy your singlehood, guys. Enjoy your singlehood, ladies. I mean, I wish that we could give the mic over the mic to preach to y'all in singlehood, you know. But, you know, just, do they have that on podcast? No? Well, just enjoy your singlehood and don't, don't try to... Don't, don't try to get a blessing too early. I don't know if you want to add anything to that. No, I agree. The Bible says that there's a season for everything. <coughs> so seasons is timing. When the right person comes, it will be the right timing. 
That means that God will open the doors in every aspect. That's one of the keys that even when we have young people that get engaged and they're going to go get married, you know it's the right timing because they just start seeing blessing after blessing after blessing. So when it is the time for you, trust me, God will bless it fully. Amen. So if you're 12 years old, don't awaken love before it's time. If you're 30... Yo, love's been trying to wake you up. Stop, stop hitting the snooze button. All right, next question. How do, you, how do you balance date nights and ministry and marriage? All right, that's a good question. Um, you guys want to answer that? How do you balance date nights and ministry and marriage? giving priority to your relationship, but also at the same time trying to make time for your own family, whether it's my husband's family, my family, our friends, going out alone. We try to schedule it within the month, knowing what our schedule is ahead of time, and even if you can't do it ahead of time, but just knowing that it is necessary for you to, of course, give your relationship complete, like, you know, priority, because at the end of the day, it's you two. You know, you guys are one at the end of the day. So you have to make time for the two of you. And we, of course, try to do that with all the events and with all the things that we have for the ministry. Just planning ahead is the best aspect because if you wait for the last minute, then, you know, that's when things accumulate and that's when stress accumulates and that brings stress into your marriage or into your relationship. You want to add to that? Uh, I, think, I think really it sums it up in priority. Um, I think that, number one, our relationship with God is the greatest priority. Um, and then number two, you know, prioritizing your marriage, um, that would be number two. And so you got to really just feel out what's really important, what's the most priority. Um, you know, if it's something that, like to us, Friday night is a priority. So we don't do date nights on Fridays because this is a priority for us. Um, but, you know, we will make sure that sometime throughout the week we'll make the time. So I think really it just boils down to priorities and where you manage your time. Awesome. And I just want to touch up on something. I know my wife has something to say, but, you know, I think that one of the reasons why Mike says, you know, we have to go by priorities and our relationship with God is a priority. I, I want you to understand since we're on the topic of relationships, why is that so important to spend time with God? Because spending time with God, believe it or not, is going to make you a better spouse will make you a better boyfriend, a better girlfriend, a better friend. So you want to be able to prioritize God because you become better, not just to yourself, but to others. And there's no one after God that's more important than your spouse. So make time for them. I just think all relationships are intentional. Every relationship that you have, whether it's, well, Priority, God, it's intentional. You know, you get saved and it doesn't just stop there. You know, you have to be intentional about your relationship. You have to seek God. You have to pray. You have to go into his presence, correct? Because if not, your love with God grows stagnant. 
Well, the same way in any relationship, in a friendship, in a relationship with your spouse, boyfriend and girlfriends, relationships have to be intentional. You have to put in the time. You have to put in the effort. People think, oh, I get married and it's happily ever after. No, you get married and you have to work to happily ever after. So your relationships, in any relationship, with your parents, with your friends, they're intentional. You have to put in work. So make the time. Uh, even if you are in a friendship or in a relationship with someone that likes and enjoys people and groups, make time to be alone and give each other quality time. That's very, very important. Should your partner's family salvation be a determining factor when getting into relationship with them? What if they are saved but their family is not? Okay. You guys want to answer that, Gilbert and Stacy? Do you need us to repeat the question? No, I heard it. Um, in my case, uh, Stacy's family was saved, but even if I, if she, her family wasn't saved, I wouldn't issue as a, as a factor. Reason being is because I'm not marrying their family. Yes, the, their family's gonna join my family, but at the end of the day, I'm marrying the person next to me. You know, I'm gonna be in a relationship with the person next to me. What matters is her walk with God is her walk with God firm. Because I know that God can use one person to change a family. So if she, if she herself is firm and I join her, like the like scripture says that two will make 10,000 a run. I know that Come on. by seeing a relationship, by seeing the, the unity in it, at the end of the day, God, it's up to God to bring that change in her family. I bring that change in her life, she brings it into me and it changes our family for the better. Come on, that's a great answer, wow. So basically what I got from what Gilbert was saying was, to answer the question, if she joins you and can cause 10,000 to flee with you, don't worry about her family. <laughs> or don't worry about his. Great answer, Stace, you wanna add to that? No, that's good, okay. Dalton, can you come up real quick? Yeah, the next question is for you. There's a question for Dalton. Give it up for Dalton. for Dalton. So this question is, so, we'll, we'll let you answer it. Yeah. But, but you, could, you could actually stand up here and just face everyone. Yeah. Okay. So, hey, so, so, hey the, the people want to know, D. The question is. The question is, are you ready? Is Dalton single? You want to answer that? <laughs> Let the ladies know. Don't get religious. I'm not going to get religious. I'm going to be very truthful. I am single. Woo! There you go. Whoever it is, if you're watching online or you here tonight, you heard it from the man himself. Ladies, he is single. Amazing but the question America. is, are you ready to mingle? <laughs> he is. <laughs> Come on, D, let them know. Can we have a drum roll? I am single. <laughs> <laughs> Slide in my DM, let me know, I'll bring to my mentor's attention. And then um, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> Honestly, I am single. Um, I am in a position where I am waiting on God's, I, to no move on me on that direction, the sense of who she is. But um, my eyes are open and the Bible says we walk not by, by sight but by faith. But you know my eyes are open, you know? <laughs> Um, yeah. Come on, give it up for Dalton. 
Ladies, he can definitely make 10,000 flee with you. We can vouch for him. We love Dalton so much. He's one of our disciples, one of the elders here, and he's just amazing. What if you know he or she is the one, but your leaders are telling you she or he is not? Oh, I love that question. So do I. Can you ask, can you ask that question just one more time, just in case somebody didn't hear you? Um, to all the religious leaders. What if you know she or he is the one, but your leaders are telling you he or she is not? There's two sides to this coin, unfortunately. There's the one side that I'm sure leaders have been preaching since before the foundation of the earth. <laughs> that they're so wise and they know the best for you and they want the best for you. And the truth of the matter, young people, is, is that it's true. You know, if my parents would have advised me or if my spiritual father would have advised me or if my mentor would have told me, hey, I don't think that person is good for you in the position that I am in or in the position that I was in at that time, I value those people. I value authorities. I value mentors. I value friends. I value parents. I value spiritual fathers. I mean, the first question that I would ask is, how much credibility does that person really have? Because if my spiritual father tells me something, I'm going to take it to the bank. If my mentor tells me something, I'm going to take it to the bank. But however, let's flip that coin. There's some leaders that the unfortunate truth is they have an issue with control and they have an issue with manipulation and they want to dictate and they want to hear God for you. And the truth of the matter is only you can hear God for yourself. And if you're really serious about getting in a relationship or getting married, you ought to seek God. You shouldn't just go by looks. That's good. I'm glad you're looking. But you should go into the presence of God and let God speak to you. And usually because it's a hard thing, you're going to have to pray more than a weekend if you catch my drift. You're really going to have to get into deep prayer and really seek God. But if God speaks to you, your parents are not going to marry that person. Your friends are not going to marry them. Your mentor is not going to marry them. You are. Can you just bring some balance into what I'm saying? Oh, or no, I, I, I agree. I think, again, my husband said it, you know, ask questions. I said this last time. Why are your leaders telling you no? You know, it's like I, I was telling a couple last time, you know, I don't have the ability to hear God for you. But if the person, you know, that the girl that you're trying to, you know, get married to, you know, is in a strip club or the guy that you're trying to marry is a drug dealer, then I think I could be sure enough to tell you that's not the will of God. You, you understand? Like, there's just, there's things that are common sense. So I would ask, why? Why is it that you don't think this person is the one? And hear them out and take those things that they're telling you to prayer. Because you would be surprised. I know a lot of people that have gotten into wrong relationships thinking and saying, this is from God, this is from God, this is from God. The leader told them, listen, this and this and this. They took it to a prayer. 
They still said, this is from God, this is from God. And two months passed by, and surely enough, what the leader was telling them that they were doing, whether it's that they were being unfaithful, they had a problem with other girls, or a problem with other guys, happened. So you want to like ask questions, why are you telling me no? You know, again, I have seen the extreme cases, but it's very little of leaders doing the whole manipulation thing. I think the bigger side of the coin is that a lot of leaders genuinely care for you. Your mentors genuinely do care for you. Your pastors genuinely do care for you. If there's something that's saying no, then I would ask, but why? You know, and, and take Correct. that why to prayer. Correct. I think that that's, that's great advice. That's wisdom. If someone's telling you no, your first question should be, okay, well, why? And judge the reason that they're giving you. Um, I think that what brings the balance between, okay, pastor, I heard your answer. What side of the coin am I in? Well, what brings the balance in between both answers is, is that person leading you to God? Yeah. Or is that person leading you away from God? Is that person leading you to God or is that person leading you to hell? Are they leading you to the world? Are they instigating? Are they feeding you offenses? Are they feeding you, are they feeding your weaknesses? That's one way whether you can tell if your leader is right or, man, I need to pray and consult other leaders or maybe consult your, your, us as your pastors or consult another pastor or consult your spiritual father, your parents. In other words, you want to be able to get different people's input. Now, if, it, if you're in a relationship where you're both serving God, you've been accountable, God is blessing you, you see the blessing of God, and someone's telling you no, then that's questionable. Yeah. Does that make sense? And I think that last, last time we did the Q&A, I said that patience is one of the weapons that forces deception to reveal itself. Amen. If you're very anxious and you're like all accelerated and you don't want to listen to nobody or take advice and you're just like, no, no, I want to, well, that's, that's a sign that maybe you need to hold off and you need to slow down and you need to put yourself on neutral and really meditate and really pray if this decision is really from God or not. Amen. Do you want to have the crowd ask some questions? Uh, yeah, can we, can we take like maybe like two or three more questions? I promise whatever question we didn't answer, we'll answer them online. Sure. Okay. Okay, so, um, yeah, bear with my voice, yeah. Um, so you guys were saying um, that when um, two people are, are chosen by God to get married, um, that the blessings follow. What do you mean by that? Like how, for example, from your experience, when you, got, when you were together, you, you knew it was right, it clicked. What were some things, some signs that the Lord showed you besides your own prayer life and besides his like, yes, what were some external things that could be viewed from others that are like, like more tangible than this word blessing? Sure, I so I could understand. And also um, um, in heaven, like, are we going to be married to our husband still? Great question. That's a good question. Well, Jesus answered the second question. No, we won't be married in heaven. Um, we'll be married to Jesus. We'll be married to the best ever. So how would it be you would just know that person? And I'm sure that you would probably know that you were married to them, but in heaven there is no marriage. You're not well, there is marriage to, to Jesus. 
I'm, I'm answering her question though. There is no marriage to each other. So you won't be married. And to answer your first question, which was a good question, do you want to answer that? The blessings. The blessings. I like guess in our personal life, when we got together, every leader was like, oh, it's about time. <laughs> Everyone. True. <laughs> They're like, you guys should have done this like years ago. Um, and just blessings. Everybody was, you know, happy for us. When I mean blessings, we got married. We got we became boyfriend and friends, boyfriend and girlfriend, and got married in, what, a year? A year and a half. A year and a half. Our wedding fully paid for, honeymoon fully paid for, our house down payment fully paid for. So when God breathes on something, he blesses it fully. Yeah. And don't think just because it's us and we're pastors that we're the only ones that get blessed by God. You know, we, there was a lot of prayer, fasting, and yeah. giving behind those blessings. Um, but to also answer your question, um, you know, I don't want you to think that it was just butterflies and rainbows. Oh, yeah. And everything was aligned and everyone was for us. There were people that came up to me and gave me a word and said, no, your wife is somewhere else. And, and it brought confusion into what God was saying and what God was doing. So there's... And I think men, I'm going to speak to the men right now. I think in pursuing marriage and pursuing covenant and commitment, you're going to have to put your big boy pants on because somehow, some way, someone is going to try to cause you to question your decision to enter into covenant. And you have to be sure. I tell people all the time, and I want to share this with you and share this with everyone else. How did you know that she was the will of God? Because I took it to prayer. I didn't decide to date her because she can be one way. I mean, come on, let's preach. You, you can date somebody that you will never see them in your marriage. Like, yo, where you at? <laughs> like, who, who are you? <laughs> right? Like, just because you're dating somebody, like people say it all the time. Oh, you're, but that's fanatical or that doesn't even make sense. You're going to pray instead of date. Well, uh, which one would you rather put your trust in? Because you're taking a risk, either or. You can date somebody that can be the, a serial Psycho. killer. That can be unfaithful to you tomorrow. So I chose the latter. I took it to God, and I really prayed. And you want me to tell you something? Can I be real with y'all? I think that we've had weak moments in our relationship and in our marriage where we've questioned whether our marriage was really from God or not. Or whether our relationship was from God or not. Did I make a big, a big mistake? Have you been there, those of you who are married? Don't lift up your hands. I'm just playing. Be transparent. We've been there. And, 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 I, and, and I love that we've been there. You know, and I'll tell you why. And I want to give this advice to everyone that's here. Finishing to answer your question. Had maybe my natural parents were the ones that were telling me, yeah, go and marry Damari. Or if all my friends were like, yeah, she's so hot, or yeah, she's awesome, or yo, she's a great girl, she's a good girl, she goes to church, she serves, she's prophet's assistant, she, you know, like, yo, do it. Like, had it been that that would have stirred up or confirmed my yes, hey, had it even been my mentor or my pastor that had told me, hey, that's from God, in those weak moments, 
had it been that, hey, the Bible says that God is not man that he shall. And can I tell you how the mind works? In those weak moments, in your friendships or in your relationships, when that new car smell is no more, and when you're way past honeymoon and past sex and past the dating and past the emotions, and when you're in a moment where you're questioning whether or not you made a mistake, hey, even Apostle could have told me, that's from God, but you want me to tell you how the mind works? I would have started to think about all the flesh about Apostle and all the weaknesses about him or my mentor or my parents or my friends or whoever, and that would have not been enough. But the fact that I went to prayer and the fact that God spoke to me and that I can say, no, wait a minute. I remember hearing the voice of God telling me, Josue, you don't need to look no more. Look, just look at Damari. That word was as true then as it is now. I don't got to look elsewhere. Take it to prayer, guys, and let God speak to you. Because like it or not, all of us will get to the point where we're going to need the voice of God to hold on to. Amen. And if that's all that we have to hold on to, that's enough. Amen. Oh, I know that I know that y'all don't want me to preach to y'all. Another question. And be real. Okay. Another question. Another question? All right, John. All right, question. So let's say you've been single for about eight years, right? How long have you been single, John? Eight years. <laughs> Uh, I think he's, you're asking for yourself. Okay, let's do yeah. it. Yeah. So it's not anonymous anymore. It's not anonymous. Um, my question is, is like, I've been used to being single for eight years and just used to myself. But now it's like coming into this new season is kind of like, man, I kind of enjoy. That's a great question. I like where, it's, where this is heading. And, you know, I kind of, I've enjoyed being single, but then it's like, man, how do you allow someone in when you've been so, not alone, but so single for so long? Do you want to answer that, baby? Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. How can I explain this? Okay, I strongly believe that how many of you, when you think of marriage or when you think of you're going to get with someone, you think of, oh, my God, this is going to be such an amazing love story? Do you guys want an amazing love story? <clears throat> so how many of you guys? Raise your hand. So everybody wants an amazing love story, correct? But we tend, especially as young people, to think that this amazing love story begins when we get with someone. And it's wrong. Amazing love story begins when you're single, and it kind of then reflects when you're in a relationship and then it reflects in marriage and it reflects when you have kids. It's kind of like Benji. Benji's four right now. He's a child. But I can't separate his childhood from his teenage years or his teenage years from his adulthood. It's all a big picture. You understand this so far, right? So how do you let someone into your life? You have to see a big picture, John. You were single, yes. You did things... My husband's guy, I know he's going to say something about this. You did things as how John would do things. Now that you're in a season where God is bringing someone into your life, it's kind of like just yielding into it. But when the Bible says that we become one, right? People think that it's this beautiful love story. Huh? 
uh, this beautiful love story that just happens. And what we forget is that to become one, can you just hold my mic? To become one, we have two different people. This is a girl. This is a guy. How many of you guys have read the book, Girls Are From Venus, Guys Are From Mars? If you haven't, that basically means guys and girls are totally two different species, period. We think differently. We, we don't That's a think... a preaching, by the way. Yeah, girls don't think the same way that guys. Like, I could tell Isabella, Isabella, I feel like crying. And Isabella will be like, oh, my God, mentor, me too. I did yesterday. I tell my husband I feel I will like not crying. Tell that to Mike. He'll be I like, will what? Not tell that he's to like, me. he's like, what's wrong with you? Are you crazy? <laughs> what happened? Did someone hurt you? You know, guys are totally two different species. So it's like these two things. Then you have your different childhoods, different backgrounds, different cultures, different races. So it's basically you have two things like this that are just going like this. And it's hard. And it's tough, and you and there's differences, and there's things that you wouldn't do the way that she would do, or she wouldn't do the way that you do, and it's like this until you slowly become this one. But to get there, there's this. So we have a misconception because we see all these movies, you know, in Hollywood, and everything's like <sighs> Disney, and it's not true. That's why I said in the beginning, happily ever after. It's not just like that. Happily ever after takes work. It takes time. And the people that are in relationship could say amen to that because, and a lot of us, we're still, we're there. <laughs> you know, we're getting there to become one. So what would I say? Yield. You know, yield and, and take things to prayer. Like there's things that you, there's things that I, I, me and my husband, someone has to give in. You know, you both can't be right all the time. You know, someone has to be wrong. Someone has to go the humble route. You know, so you just have to be able to yield. Does that answer? Okay. Awesome. <laughs> I'll just add to this. Um, I remember I was with two people that we really care about, we really love. And it was kind of like a counseling session. Oh, yeah. And... Um, and I remember that what I told that person, they were just going through some stuff while they were dating. And I remember I told them, you know what? You're really good at being single. Mm -hmm. You're not single no more. So I think to answer your question is, you need to picture your life single and not be good at it anymore. <laughs> you know, you need to picture your life single and know that that's not gonna be you anymore for the rest of your life. And just like my wife was saying, I think it was an amazing answer, by the way, babe. Like, I couldn't picture my life without my wife. And I couldn't picture my life without my kids. Like, I just can't because they're a part of my life. You know, in the beginning where God said, and he shall leave father and mother, I think that he was prophesying. You know, the man is the pursuer. And there's a reason why you're going to leave your father and mother to be joined together with one. For so many of us guys, for all of our lives, we were being taken care of to not be positioned to take care of someone else. And I think that that's just such a blessing. So one of the things that I would encourage you to do is just kind of meditate and fantasize how your life would look like now you having to take care of someone. How would your life look like not single? Like all the benefits, all the pros, just look at that and just prophesy into your future prophesy into your life you don't gotta go home no more alone well right you know? now yeah yeah tonight you do 
But just, just count it as this life that I will now know and I will now live for the rest of my life is so much greater and so much better than a life single. That it's not just worthy to leave my father and mother, but it's worthy to leave my singlehood. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's also a decision. You know, it's kind of like the ones that already left high school and are in college. You remember when you were in elementary and everything was so easy, and they're like, oh, I got to go to middle school. And then you went to high school, and now you're in college, and you're like, oh, my God, why can't I go back to elementary? Well, you have to make a decision to grow up. You have to make a decision to just say, you know what? I lived a great eight years of being single. Glory to God. I have so much to give to this person that's coming into my life and now just grow into that, into that next stage. And it's going to be a blessing. Thank you for joining us today. And a special shout out to those who follow us on a weekly basis. If you love what you heard, hit the subscribe button and follow us at Remnant Youth on Instagram and YouTube. God bless you. We love you.